Welcome to the Tile SM podcast, episode 364. Hope you've had a very Merry Christmas and are looking forward to hopefully a more prosperous new year in 2024 for Reading Football Club. Um, we've, got, we've, got, we've got quite a lot to get through today, really. We've got some some games to talk about and kind of a, a semi-review of, of 2023 from our writers. Um, with me, as always, is Ross, but he's actually in uh, he's actually in England. Whereabouts are you right now, Ross? And don't say uh, Salinger. Yeah, so I'm a little bit outside of Andover. I'm uh, I'm in the lovely town of Goodworth, Clatford. Uh, it's called Goodworth, Clatford because the town next door is called Upper Clatford. Uh, they right. used to be Lower Clatford, but they didn't like that very much. They they changed right. it as Goodworth, Clatford now. So no Lower Clatford for us over here. But yeah, back in England, had a lovely Christmas. Uh, had a nice time at Cheltenham last night. Lovely little town, and uh, we'll talk about that. But yeah, excited to uh, review the year. Yeah, well, I I often call where I live in Tilehurst Upper Tilehurst, literally because I'm <laughs> I'm right at the top of the hill. But people don't yeah. like that either because they think I'm just Tilehurst. yeah making stuff up, which is is probably true. Um, right. People who don't make stuff up are ZCZ Films. Thank you very much as always to their sponsorship and goodwill and gestures and just overall support really. And also, you know, before we kick off uh, the final pod of of 2023 because we're recording this on. Saturday the 30th just a huge thank you to everyone who's um uh, listened in who's chipped in with questions who sent us emails which we absolutely love by the way um you know we're not we don't really keep track of, of how many listeners we do have and, and ratings and all that sort of stuff but um we know we've got a you know kind of a pretty hardcore group of, of listeners and we you know myself and Ross took over in the summer as, as you will know took over from the fantastic Mark Mayo who we will hear a little bit from later on in terms of his views but um, yeah, we really appreciate you listening, and we know it's been an absolute yeah. uh, horrific calendar year for this football club. Like we thought, twenty twenty two was bad, right? And then twenty twenty three comes along and and says, "Hold my latte." But um, look, we're 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 really really appreciated that you you stuck with us, and uh, hopefully, we give you the balance that that you need from from a Red NFC podcast. Um, we're we're going to get into a review of, of kind of three games really, but we're going to focus in on on the Cheltenham game, which was last night. So we're going to do that right now in the recap. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. Alrighty, um, three games to well, kind of embedded in the in the Christmas period, really. Um, started with Wigan uh, at home on their twenty third. I'm losing track of the days, Ross. I, no, I don't know about no, you. I'm, I'm just like, what what physical day is it? I'm good with the dates, yeah. but the actual day, no idea. Don't worry, it's difficult. This is the nether region between Christmas and and New Year's, of course. I've had to work because I'm an American based, but yeah, no, difficult time. It is. It's tough. But anyway, a week ago, we played Wigan at home, 2-0. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, I have to say. Absolutely loved it. I, it it kind of shows you, doesn't it, when when we win games, what it does for your overall mood and feeling and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, we were 2-0 there, which we'll, we'll come back to in a minute. Then we went to Peterborough, which for me was result of the season, but no questions asked whatsoever. Like the resilience that we showed there was was great with a with a two all draw. And then of course we go across to Cheltenham if you are red and paste and and you went across to the game uh, yep. with another two all draw um, uh, last night uh, against you know a really informed team actually. I think there was a, there was a few fans who, who really kind of downplayed what what Cheltenham and and in particular Daryl Clark have achieved over the last couple of weeks because they they've been on quite a run. 
Um, let's let's briefly talk about Wigan um, because obviously a win is is always a you know a welcome treat at any time of the year, let alone Christmas. Goals right. from Aziz and, and Smith. Um, you know, obviously Smith scored again against uh, Peterborough on on Tuesday on Boxing Day. How how good has he been for you, Ross? Considering that actually uh, he's been injured for quite a quite a large part of of this you know period of time in in this season. How how well has he done to kind of settle back into what is essentially chaos at this football club? I'm always impressed by how well he can hold the ball up um, for a player of his size. You know, we had Lucas Shaw for um, a long time, and and something that we wanted him to do over and over was to actually hold the ball up and, and be able to bring others into play. And he just seemed completely incapable of doing that. Probably why he didn't really start for, for Paul Lentz. I mean, there were other reasons, but he, he just wasn't capable of doing, you know, those, those basics. But Sam Smith, he's not a huge lad, um, but he does bring others into play well. And, and when, for instance, last night, you know, when Reading did get the ball down eventually, he was able to help um, sort of flick the ball on to other players around him and, and things like that. Yeah, so I think it's a really good point. I think one of our writers has got him down as his most improved player, um, which sounds a bit odd, obviously, because he's been good all season. But if you consider where he was um, when you know he left the football club, um, he's really developed and, and really come on. So, um, yeah, Smith has been Smith has been great this season, and it was no surprise to see him come back into the team uh, against Cheltenham. But he's just always dangerous. Got a great relationship with Aziz. Got a good relationship with Wing and. Those three in particular, um, you know, with Nibs sort of buzzing around as well, really cause teams problems. So, um, yeah, Smith has been a um, Smith has been a definitely been a bright spot uh, since he came back, and and the form of the team since he came back kind of speaks for itself. If you if you want to look at how good he's been, really, doesn't it? I mean, it's an interesting point about his physicality because actually look at him, and you know, apart from the fact he's he's incredibly handsome, um, right, you know, he, handsome. he doesn't look. You know, he doesn't look like he's going to be able to do that that dirty work of holding the ball up, but he, he does really well. And, you know, I said in the summer when he came back, when we did our kind of season preview, that I, I'm always very dubious about when players go back to clubs. I just don't yeah. think it works on average. Um, you know, we've we've kind of been burned before, really, but I'm absolutely delighted that he's he's come back and, you know, injury aside, has, has done really, really well. And, and I think one of the positives is that, that fans look forward to seeing him play. And mm-hmm. I think actually that's one of the things that we've missed over the years, you know, certainly over the last five years. We, we've been very short on players that we can go, I can't wait to see this guy play, you know, like yeah. see what he can do. Um, I still think he could be better. I think if he had someone a little bit closer to him, maybe in, in central midfield, or maybe if they were kind of putting balls through the floor a little bit more kind of down the middle, he'd have yeah. even more goals. But, you know, the, the thing is that he is, He's kind of scoring goals in a fairly inconsistent team at the moment. And, mm-hmm. you know, you raised the point about Wing and, and obviously Aziz, who I, I want to mention as well, um, because we went across to Peterborough or up to Peterborough, get my drug feel wrong, which <laughs> for me was was result of the season. I think everyone, you know, connected with Reading Football Club was, was anticipating a loss there, given how well Peterborough have done, not just in form. You I know, think the BBC were like, anticipating a loss, right? Well, they were, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you were watching it, you know, if you were watching <laughs> it on Royals TV or you were there, but you were just following it on kind of social media or, you know, the modern teletext, as I call it. But, like, right. they just kept adding goals to Peterborough <laughs> every time yeah. we scored. I think it got to, like, 3-1 or 3-0 or something. It was just bonkers. Um, yeah, yeah. I know, I was... 
very confused obviously when i was uh because i was elsewhere unfortunately for that one and i uh yeah very very confused when i saw 3-1 peterborough aziz and no mention yeah. of an own goal it's like they've, they've added players to their squad without anyone knowing and it's also right. sort of adding to the kind of the hysteria of what that actually is it's like who, who even plays for this club anymore like what's going on um but yeah look i mean it, the resilience that we showed in that game i thought was absolutely exceptional and look you know, from a from a pure football point of view, we did get battered by them. Like they were, they were definitely, you oh, know, yeah. on average, if it was a boxing uh, on points, you know, boxing match on points, you'd, you'd give it to Peterborough one hundred percent. But you, you know, we we did really, really well to get back in, and and the goal that you know Aziz finished off was was quite simply one of the goals of the season yeah. from us from a team point of view. Um, you know, I, Ross, we've we've always been pretty. I'm um, not soft. That's that's not right. But we've always been pretty lenient with Aziz. Um, I know that obviously people in the fan base haven't, but you you in particular have always kind of had faith in in his abilities. Um, just just talk us through. Uh, you know, similar to what he did with Smith, but just kind of mention a few points about Aziz in terms of how you feel about him. Um, but also kind of where he can kick on from here now. Like, What else has he got to do to to keep achieving what he's achieved over the last few games? I sat with the Cheltenham fans last night and um, while we were absolutely rubbish for 40 minutes, you know, nobody, you know, they were giving it the big in about us, which was completely fair enough because we, we, we were poor um, and Cheltenham had a good game plan uh, against us that really nullified us, but... Um, Aziz was the player that was giving them fits. You know, he was the one that whenever the ball came out to him, um, it, it's just clear that that he has some something about him, and he and he gives the defenders trouble. The defenders don't get as close to him; they try and like back off a little bit and make sure that they're not leaving, you know, too much space. They clearly knew that he could shoot um, from outside of the box really, really well, um, so they weren't allowing him that as much as they could. You know, he, one of his real stingers got blocked. Um, just inside yeah I think that he is going to be Reading's most important player um, in terms of trying to get out of League One right like yes he's important now for the uh, relegation battle and and this season I'm hoping that we're going to be coming out of the relegation zone you know on on Monday against Exeter but um, it's still going to be a little bit of a, a struggle I'm sure there's going to be you know there's going to be some some more um, difficult spells ahead, I'm sure. But Aziza and, and and Wing, but Aziza is one of those players that you expect, you know, could play at the top end of this division, if not higher, um, as well as where he is now. The way in which he is both fast and strong um, on the ball when he's dribbling is really impressive. And the way in which he... Something that we try and um, coach into the into the the wingers, um, you know, in the, the youth level, is the ability to change speed very quickly and still maintain control of the ball. And that's something that Aziz is really good at. You know, he can burst uh, when he wants to, but when he needs to cut inside um, because he's being marked by two, as he often is, um, he's capable of cutting inside, but then getting his body across and making sure that he doesn't lose. Um, you know, the ball when, when a player sticks out his leg or whatever. So I think that's why we get to see him, you know, getting two decent positions to, to score so often. And then finally, just a word on that goal against Wigan. Oh, oh, that's lovely. That's lovely, isn't it? That's a bit of fun. You get that falling to you in a five-a-side game and you are absolutely smashing that into Rosie. Yeah. Uh, you're having a lovely old time. 
I mean, he's he scored a couple of bangers this season, but he's done two in a week, really. And the, yeah. you know, I, that Peterborough goal was an absolute rocket as well. Like that would, if if there was no net on that, that'd still be going. Do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. was that was mm-hmm. a real screamer. Um, uh, there was I was looking because I, I keep um. I keep a rough notepad of what we talk about in the in, in the pods and stuff because we, we do do research. You know, we do do a little bit of research now and again, and I I do as well, um, believe it or not. And there was one, I think it was around the late 40s, so 348, 49. And I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I did say that if, if Aziz gets in confidence and he, he scores a couple of goals, he won't stop. Um and yeah. and that's been the case with him, and and you can you know you can say what you want about sellers, and we we do, and I do, and and people have done. But if he likes you, he will give you sort of ten, eleven, twelve games to keep going and, and work it through. Whereas, you know, if this was if this was Paul Ince or or maybe even Paunovic, he would have made changes and and kind of almost frozen, you know, frozen him out of the squad. And I'm not saying that 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 um, sellers hasn't done that because we're seeing that with with a number of players, which we won't go into right now, but. You know, with Aziz, he is a very much a confidence player, and I think if he can keep up this goal scoring and and kind of attacking attribute that that, that we see currently, we're, we're going to have a you know a really good player for for years to come, hopefully. And, and also, he's a nice guy, and I know people go, oh, it doesn't really matter, but uh, you know, for me, it does. Like he clearly wants to do well. He clearly wants to be you know loved by the fans and stuff, and I I think that's a real that's a real positive, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, Peter Brat, stunning result for me. Result of the season so far. I thought it was absolutely excellent. The resilience to score late on as well and, and keep going. And they hit the post as well or the bar or whatever. So that there was there was a lot of positives to take away. And mm. then of course Ross, we go we go across to to Cheltenham, the completely Suzuki Stadium. Love, Love the it. idea that, that it wouldn't be a completely Suzuki, almost like a, a Suzuki right. Kawasaki hybrid or something. I kept, I kept typing uh, t- uh, totally Suzuki into my sat-nav and getting very frustrated when it didn't uh, <laughs> come up. Silly name for a stadium. It is. It's weird. And, it, you know, it used to be Warden Road, and I thought that was excellent for a, for a stadium. You know, just call it where it is. Yeah. But anyway, whatever. We digress. Um, and then, of course, yeah, we, all the positivity that we had at the end of Peterborough was literally shattered in the space of, what, 44 minutes? Yeah. Last night, which quite honestly was one of the worst showings I've seen from from any Reading team, and I know we say that every time we have a bad performance, but like I I was just watching it and I thought I don't know what I literally don't know what I'm watching it. Um, the the goal, you know, their second goal. I, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I probably wouldn't because it it was quite a shocker, wasn't it, Russ? Yeah, no, it was. Um, it's a quick. Uh, it's a last minute change from my, you know, comedy moment of twenty twenty three because it is just the most like, you know, like um, my wife watches the games with me and and we play, you know, together as well. And and she talks about uh, you know, how the players have such wonderful composure on the ball. Um, a lot of the time, um, you know, in comparison to you know the, the players that we play with, we we love you guys, you know, obviously. But uh, but anyway, uh, I digress. Um, they, it's just the least composure you've ever seen in your life from a Bengay who has just got his. It's it's all wrong. Like he's got his head down. He's not looking around him at all, and he just smashes the ball into Button's <laughs> legs. I, I, and I just don't know what he's doing. That. Like we can no. laugh about it now because we got out of there with a point, but. Like, I've watched it several times because at first, I was like, oh, that looks a bit, that looks a bit iffy, like it looks a bit messy, you know. Yeah. And then, um, well, no, we it, had it a just good resembled laugh. something um, like, 
Yeah, we had a good laugh in horrible, the, horrible. with the with the Robins fans up there in the home thing. That was pretty funny. There's a goal scored um, a, that we we conceded a, a few seasons ago. I can't remember now, but where we um, one of our defenders smashed the ball off the legs of the opposing striker uh, when he was trying to clear it, and it went and it skewed back into our own net. Um, and that had always been my, you know that's what sporting reading fc is like you know moment but i think this is going to overtake it now uh for me yes, this is i mean classic for slightly older fans i say older fans because i'm you know not that old but um 2001 playoff final against walsall it was either oh. rougier clearing the ball and smashing it against barry hunter's bum or the other way around but that one you know if you if you go on youtube and just type in red in walsall 2001 I love the fact I'm telling people how to use YouTube. <laughs> like yeah, it's not, it's not a kind of a standard thing. But anyway, um, look at that because that's that's very similar. And that was that was a horrendous way to, you know, effectively go on to lose that playoff final. So have a look at that because that's that's kind of along this this line really. Um, just just to kind of wrap up the the Cheltenham game, Ross. Did you? Yeah. In the end, in your opinion, do you feel like we deserve to get more than the point out of it, or were we lucky to get the point? If that makes sense. Um, no, I think we sh- we could we had a good chance to win that um in the second half. So I'll I'll briefly talk through the the game quickly. I thought that um Reading were rubbish in the first forty minutes, and and Wing said as much in his post match interview. But I also think that Cheltenham's game plan was exceptional, really really good. So they identified that Makairo. <sighs> was not necessarily giving enough support to Dorset and that Dorset he's been good since he came into the team but his his he's not best at turning and getting back something you you know hear pilloried against Harry Maguire quite a bit he can't really turn and get back towards the his own goal if he if he does get past um so Sean Long, the number two um, out wide, was really giving him a lot of trouble. So Cheltenham basically, um, they spread the field much wider than Reading wanted and, and they just kept troubling us. They kept bypassing, um, you know, the, the parts of our game uh, where in the middle whereby we could have got the ball down and really caused them problems because we have more quality than them. Um, but once we got a hold on the game, you know, we really had probably at least half an hour in the second half where we had Cheltenham completely at arm's length you know we they didn't they weren't really causing us any trouble and wing obviously had the nice free kick that that southwood saved um very much enjoyed every time a set piece um was queued up against luke southwood um tom holmes uh was going over to you know to to have a chat with him and you know you could see them both laughing you know southwood's trying to organize this defense meanwhile holmes is trying to just you know give him the get rib him and stuff like that which was very funny and um if you don't know the name pukey north metal just have a look at that for you type that in in reading football club and, and see what you find um do you know that ben <laughs> yeah i do yeah do you know yeah, actually yeah. i know we've got different opinions on this just digressing slightly with league south yeah yeah do you do you think it could ever have worked out for him at, at our football club or do you think there was always kind of fundamental issues with him as a goalkeeper I think he's a great shot stopper and I think that he showed that last night too that he can be a good shot stopper but I'm I really like Luke Southwood he seems like a lovely guy and everything he really is yeah I'm just not convinced that you can be a goalkeeper in the professional game at that height unless you've got something absolutely dynamic about you um I'm just not convinced 
because that you know there was um was it George Campos the, the, the oh yeah the, yeah you know it's funny yeah, I was thinking of um South American goalkeepers too when I was thinking of you know shorter goalkeepers that had um, actually done quite well yeah and uh, you know yeah. he, he was obviously very very athletic and I'm you know there is an element of that to Luke Southwood but like it's really difficult because I he was he was every time I met he was always really really good and I, I had quite a few conversations with him and there was there was quite a few things that when I was at Star he kind of helped me out with to kind of help um, uh, you know other fans out with messages and and shirts and stuff like that and he he was really good and I I can't I'm say relationship that's not quite right but we text occasionally and talk and stuff and all the rest of it and and he was he was really really good and I just I always look at that and think was he you know, was he kind of a byproduct of an absolutely horrendous football team that was filled with players that were probably out for themselves and mm-hmm. kind of poor coaching? Or was it that there is actually a fundamental element of him potentially not being, to be blunt, a good goalkeeper? I don't know. It, so, it, it's, I mean, it's... It, I think on. that he had trouble commanding his box, right? Like, always yeah. had trouble with that. And I think that that showed last night, like, every single time... We had a corner. We did the same thing. We just packed the 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 six yard box full of uh, of players and basically told Southwood to pick his way through all of that, which lo yeah. and behold he couldn't do. Um, so I, I really I really liked him. I'll, I'll always remember that Fulham um, you know game for sure, where he made some fantastic saves uh, yeah. to 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 give us that win. But no, I don't think. I just don't think it was ever going to work out really. Last thing I'll say on that in, in terms of whether we should have won, um, Harvey Nibs gets a chance from Wing, who was absolutely outstanding, by the way, um, at points in that game. Um, and and he puts it sort of at a nice height for the goalkeeper. I think if he manages to get his foot over that and drill it low, that's going to wriggle its way through and, and that's going to be a win for Reading. So mm. we don't quite create enough to make it a sure thing that we're going to win you know, games when we have them by the scruff of the neck. But I did think that there was an opportunity there to to crack on. And I think that's a problem with last night. I think, you know, in the end, the draw was, was, was it fair? I don't know. Cheltenham will feel hard done by, I guess, because it, you shouldn't really be blowing a game like that, you know, in, in the time frame that they did in, in the in the first half, for sure. But, you know, they, they have been in good form. So anything other than a loss, I guess, is, is a positive. You have to look at that anyway. Yeah. That's five points from nine over the last three games, which is, you know, we would have all taken that and it keeps us kind of ticking over. Um, but we were just far too passive. And, you know, it goes back to that age-old problem that I have with A, the, the formation, which we're not going to go into now. Um, and also, you know, the midfield setup and the way that it's working. There were some really, really good components to the midfield. But then there are also some elements that I just think, oh, do you know what, it could be so much better. Like, we could, we could change things a bit quicker and we could be a little bit less rigid in you know, in the formation that we're currently playing to kind of suit the style of the game. But anyway, look, we'll take the five points out of the nine, we'll move on to Exeter, which we'll talk about later on in the pod. Um, and we're going to do kind of like a, a whistle-stop tour of, of 2023. So you might want to grab, um, depending on what time you'll uh, you'll listen to this, a very strong coffee or indeed an alcoholic beverage because um, there's, <laughs> there's some absolute shockers in here. So we're going to take a very quick break and we'll be back with our... Tyler's 10 Writers review of 2023. Keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tylehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. 
This podcast is proudly sponsored by ZCZ Films. Remember, if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show, drop us an email to thetilehurstend at gmail.com. Welcome back to Tilehurst End Podcast 364. Um, Ross, we've been doing this for about 20 shows now. That's crazy, isn't it? I know it's really it's 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 just it's funny how you blink and suddenly you're you know months down the line. Yeah, I mean we've you know obviously I hope Ross has enjoyed it as well, but I I have really enjoyed it despite what oh, yeah. um, <laughs> despite how people disagree with the views, which is absolutely what we want by the way. That's absolutely fine. Um, that th- that's a good healthy discussion, but you know we never ever take this for granted. Um, you know being able to talk about Reading because you know come rain or shine as the as the the little link advert says in our pod we we do love talking about red and football club and and hopefully that shows um talking about loves and red and football club and everything else we we asked it's kind of like a tradition that we have here at Tilehurst and um not just with the the columns that we write or the, the articles but also the podcast where we kind of review the calendar year that we've just done and kind of look ahead to the next one and it's it's been tricky because as you all know we've we've had an absolute shocker of a 365 days we were talking off air we've had three managers um which is not good in itself really uh that's kind mm. of one every four months we kind yep. of very hastily worked out that we won eight points in the championship in 2023 Shocking. and we've won 20 in league one now if you look at the if you add on the uh, points deductions that we had moved from us for various reasons uh hashtag die young um we would have had 32 points in total which is still not great in a calendar year still not great yeah. at all no. um and before we go into anything else i actually had a stat sent to me by a qpr supporting fan um who i do like by the way and <laughs> this is the from fan or the team because that's an important distinction yeah he, i do yeah exactly and he sent me this as a screenshot from their Twitter page. And it says, most league games lost in the last five years Oof. since January the 1st, 2019. Top four tiers only. Uh, Queen's Park Rangers are top with 104. Don't know if you want to be top of that, but they've lost 104 league games in the last five years. Oof. Birmingham have lost 101. Okay. Doncaster, 100. And Reading, 99. We've lost 99 league games in the last five years. Mm. And just to round that off, because I know people like to know the full extent of what we're talking about, Huddersfield were on 96. Okay, that's the worst 99 flake I've ever had. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, that you'd be asking for a refund if you got that from an ice cream van. Um, That's horrendous, isn't it? That is awful. 99 league games we've lost in the last five years. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah, at least it's 99. You know, not a hundred, so that it doesn't. It seems it seems in your brain like a little bit less, but it's really not. Exactly, the most reading thing ever to avoid a hundred on the last game of, of, yeah. of the five years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, right. So we asked our, our um, esteemed writers in what we call. It sounds a bit. Um, I don't know what's the word. Elitist, but we have like a, an editors group, if you like. I'm not an editor, by the way. I'm just an idiot with a microphone. Um, but we asked. Uh, we asked a number of questions of them. So that included Ollie Allen, uh, Adam Jones, who you all know from like the previews that he does, 
uh, Mark Mayo, previous host of, of this esteemed podcast, uh, Sim, who is the actual editor of the whole thing, um, and then Ross as well. I didn't do mine. Um, we didn't get one from Wimby, actually. Maybe we can do that in retrospect. No. Anyway, so we're going to go one by one and we'll have a little chat about them and then Ross is going to kind of finish us off with his blockbuster picks. Um, yeah. So Ollie, Ollie's player of 2023 is Lewis Wing. Okay. His most improved is Femi Aziz. Uh, yeah. His underachiever is Sam Hutchinson. That's brave. Putting him in any category is brave, I think. Yeah. Um, worst moment was relegation. Golden yeah. moment was beating Wickham away, which was was really quite a special day for this football club, I have to say. Um, comedy moment. You'll like this one, Ross, because we know how you feel about Paul Lintz. Paul Lintz, I forgot he said this, actually. Paul Lintz saying he wasn't concerned about his future before being sacked the next day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I mean, that's the most Paul Lintz thing ever, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, you've seen he's been kicking off this week too, uh, yeah. saying that the 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 prem's not as good as CRR uh, back in the eighties or something like that. Yeah, what a weirdo! Yeah, what well, a weirdo! Bizarre. But I forgot he'd done that. Of all the comedy things he'd done, and we could just do a column on Paul Lynch, couldn't we? Really, for these awards, um, most missed. He says Yaku Mate. Um, yeah. interesting not wouldn't agree with that necessarily but oh okay okay character wise uh, i think yeah. yeah you know he was he was a good servant for this football club um and then breakout he's put jade and wareham which i think is a really good shout actually i think mm. given the um the lightness in numbers of our striking department i think jaden has got a really good opportunity to be able to start to make match day squads towards the end of this season potentially um yeah i think he can compete in league one but you know i've, I've watched him a number of times at under 21s and that's very different but there's something about him as a player for sure yeah i, no, I really yeah, like sure. yeah no what he's been one of the ones i've been wanting to see um since he he uh since he obviously joined the club and um yeah i think i agree with you like we don't really have a a I mean, I guess Kelvin a little bit, but he doesn't really play in this way. But like some sort of like strong uh, striker, you know, like uh, like where I mean, he's got very broad shoulders. Could be good to see. So, so yeah, no, I agree with that one. Wareham could be interesting. I mean, we, I'm going to pick back up on Lewis Wing because we go to Adam Jones now, um, and he says player of 2023 is Lewis Wing, and in brackets he put game changer during 23-24. Um, how, you know, we talked about Sam Smith, we talked about Femi Aziz at the top of the podcast. How important is Lewis Wing to us currently, Ross? I think that um, the way in which you can see how important Lewis Wing is, is that as soon as Reading were able to actually get the ball down last night and um, play on the floor, um, it, Wing was just not he was just the best he wasn't just the best player on the pitch he was the best player in the postcode right like he was just mm. fantastic compared to anyone else on the pitch some of the some of the curl on on some of those deliveries uh into the box it's it's absolutely illegal the the amount of curl that he can put on that ball um so you know i'm a man who had multiple swift jerseys i like myself a creative midfielder for sure and um 
wing in the first few games of the season you know he looked very leggy he wasn't fit clearly uh, he could barely move it was like wheeling siege equipment around um yeah, yeah. but he's just improved so much and um yeah he's crucial right now he's clearly if not our most effective player although i think he is as well i just think he's got a level of talent that is above what anyone else on the team can can provide really uh so i bet he's fun to watch in uh training i do you know i think it's interesting as well is that the, the players around him are picking up on the balls that he makes now i think mm-hmm. to start with they had no idea really where he was kind of trying to get those balls through and you know, we we were quite. Well, I say we. Can't remember if Ross was. I was quite critical of him on on the pod in the early days because I just didn't really see what what he was bringing to the team. But now, you know, he, he he is very very good, and I'm I'm wondering whether or not we can get him on the ball even more potentially. Um, yeah. The the thing I've been really surprised with is, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but his work rate, like um, his athleticism, yep. he gets around the park. Do you know what I mean? He does. Yeah. Like he, he pops up everywhere. So. You know, he doesn't look a player that would do that, um, but he but he does, and he's he's been absolutely excellent. So, yeah, I think I think it's interesting that they're both picking a player that only joined in the summer. Um, so that's I think that tells you everything where we are as a club really at the moment. But yeah, yeah. Um, most improved. He's also says Femi Aziz towards the back end of twenty twenty three. I wonder if we were doing this poll in November, which would make it utterly pointless. Um, if if we would have chosen Femi Aziz, but but certainly um, he uh, you know he's in there. I think Nelson Abbey needs to be in that mix because you know you can't step up from the under twenty ones at that level and then become one of the. I would agree. Dare I say it? One of the most accomplished defenders in the league at the moment, Nelson Abbey. I might be overdoing him, you know, slightly, but do you know what I mean? Like he's kind of gone from the under twenty ones. Mm-hmm. Not many fans knew about him, and he's suddenly been like he's basically one of the first names on the team sheet now. The fact and that none just... of us, the fact that none of us picked him, you know, as our exactly. best player or most improved or whatever, just shows like how he's just a he. It's an afterthought how good he is now. It's like yeah, he's a he's a he's great. He's you know he he is a, a one of the first names on the team sheet, and he should play whenever he's fit. Um, and you know, for a guy who is um, what twenty. Um, uh, born on yeah. oh god, it is sickening when you look at that, isn't it? Born on the twenty eighth of August two thousand and three. Um, absolutely vomit. I started yeah, university I in two thousand three. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is just it's it, it, he has been outstanding. Yeah, and and a great um, again a really good servant for the club. Um, so yeah, played really, for the uh, youth as well. You know, he's had a great year. You know, yeah, ended up playing yeah, for his country. For sure. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. In, in so, um, so yeah. Um, Adam says underachiever is uh, nesting in his walker. Failed to build on twenty two twenty three, although not fully his fault. Um, we we could do a podcast on nesting in his walker. To be honest with you, he seems to have dropped off the face of the earth, um, as a number of other players have at the club recently. But yeah, I suppose that's not a bad shout. Worst no. moment, obviously relegation. Uh, we knew it was coming, but it still didn't soften the blow. Um, comedy moment. He says Soxgate. So you will remember. Uh, in the summer, was it Sutton? I think it was Sutton. Uh, where yeah. still before one... died in the early stages of doing like um their protest, and they planned to basically get everyone to lob socks on the pitch, and then they pulled it. I think the morning of the game, which you know it, it it's not for me to to comment on what what they do really, but um it, that's that's Adam's comedy moment. 
Um, I think as well that he was kind of involved with that. So I think he's kind of having a bit of a laugh at himself there potentially. But yeah, if <laughs> Soxgate is probably a good way to, to describe that. Um, most missed, Yaku Meite, Ray of Light, love him. I think if you've ever read anything that Adam's done, he always talks about Yaku Meite, so it's not a surprise there. And then Breakout, um, he's put Taylor Harris, which again, mm. I don't think is a massively left field shout because again, he's been quite good for the under 21s. Yeah. Um, he's put followed closely by John Clark, who has missed what? 90 something percent of the year through injury. So we hope that John Clark, he did come back actually, didn't he, last week for the under 21s? Um, yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Which is great to see. The, the breakout. Ross is is such an interesting, uh, I guess, hard fought uh, category this year because there's so many potentials in that current under twenty one setup that we could we could be talking about anyone here, couldn't we? Really? Yeah, no, you're right. And and for a while, especially at the start of the season, before we had a settled squad or a settled first team, um, it it really seemed like we kind of just had like a a similar level of talent through the full, what, 25 to 30 players that we had between the the first team and the under 21s and everything. So um, yeah, there's a lot of players in there that you could you could throw a hat over a large amount of them and, and any of them could be the one. I, I, I'll be interested to see if anyone else has got my breakout for, for the next year. But yeah, we'll go. Quick name one on Taylor Harris, who obviously scored against Exeter in the 9-0 uh, route. Um, I, I think that uh, that was the first time I'd ever become aware of the name Taylor. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting one, isn't it? Is It is a funny one, yeah. So we've got Taylor and Kalen on the uh, on the team, which is always funny. Big guy as well, physical guy. You know, he, yeah. he, he looks like a prospect and, and we hope, and this is what we want. We want these players to come through and, and stake a claim in, in the club. And, and, you know, we're not we're not allowed to buy anyone. We probably won't buy anyone before 2050. Um, but, you know, that's why we need yeah. to rely on these players coming through from, from the under-21s. Um, yeah. Mark Mayo, podcast host, alumni. Do you say alumni or alumni? How do you alumni. Say? alumni. Alumni is what I would say. Or uh, just alum. That works too. Alum. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so what what do you call two people that are alumni? Alumni. Lumley. Okay, fine. No, a Joe no, Lumley. No, no. I just wanted to make um, a Joe Lumley joke. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. Who we're, we've you've reached out, haven't you? You're going to try and get him on the old. Um, well, I will see. You know what, how things work, but you, yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of like I think it's kind of like dating in your teen years, Ben. You know, like you or or searching for a job, whatever you want to do. You ask fifty times and you get one, which is totally fine. These people are, are busy, busy guys, so. Anytime yeah. we get to talk to someone, fantastic. And anytime someone doesn't have the time for it, we totally understand. And we're a, we're a semi-professional joke of a podcast anyway, so we'll you know we'll we'll take what we can get really. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Anyway, alumni, alumni, Mark Mayo. He says alumni. player of the player of twenty twenty three, Harvey Nibs, most consistent League One performer. Um, most consistent League One performer. That's an interesting. Uh, he, I suppose he has been consistent. I don't know about the whole of the league. But he's kind of. Been, uh, he's right. he's been I, think, I guess he's saying like for us in League One, right? But yeah, oh, right. yeah, a, okay. That's yeah, an that's interesting one, still. But yeah, no, I agree. Harvey Nibs has been good. Video going out on Harvey Nibs today. Get on that, Reading fans. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a recap of all the stuff that Ross has done and all the other bits that other people have done because there's there's a lot coming out for you guys over the next couple of days. So um, yeah, look forward to them. Most improved, Sam Smith. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He said he had no discernible quality in his first spell, but he's now a superb 
uh, League One frontman. Yeah, I don't think there's much to argue with with that one. Is there really? He's he's definitely working towards that, and and yeah. I think no discernible quality in his first spell is a really good way of summing up his first period with us, really. Um, yeah. Underachiever, Lucas Jow. Poor Lucas. Poor um, Lucas. He yeah. ran into the Paul Lentz train, didn't he? He did, yeah, with both barrels. Yeah. Uh, golden moment, Wickham away. Uh, yeah, really great, great day, as we've said. Worst moment, Huddersfield sending us down before the final day. Took away chance for a great escape at their place and embarrassing over a thousand of our fans that then didn't bother showing up. Yeah, I mean, I was in one of those categories. I have to say, I did have a ticket. <laughs> I just didn't I go. Um, I I just thought, do you know what? It, yeah, it's done. And I was, I think, I was still in recovery. Um, so yeah, comedy moment. He's put a link. I don't know what he's done there. He did say honourable mention for me versus the access all areas bloke. Um, who's Luke Wallace, who's one of the media team. We've all, we've sorted that out. It was a misunderstanding. I wasn't having a go at Luke. I just said I didn't think anyone wanted to see a behind-the-scenes video of us losing to a non-league team in the Cup. That's it. Uh, it wasn't anything to do with access all areas. But Mark's just staring the pot there, isn't he? Yeah, um, he is. He's going after you. He's going he after you. Um, most missed, Josh Loren. Still? Josh Loren, thoughts on him? Um. I mean, yeah, I get, I, I, I guess I see what he's saying. Like, we could do with, um, right? We've talked about like Savage and Craig and all of these kinds of guys, but uh, if we had Josh Laurent playing in that, you know, one, then yeah, he'd be, he'd be great. But I think he's having a bit of a mare at um, Stoke at the moment. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I apologize, Josh, because I, I do love you. But uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I think he would be. He would definitely help this team right now. Interesting that no one's picked Tom Ince so far, because yeah. at one point he was he was the saviour, wasn't he? Yeah, but I think the less um, said about the Ince is the better at this point, isn't it? And that seems yeah, to be the way that it goes at right. every club. Like he, um, those you know those two, they sort of flatter to deceive, and they're very popular in their first nine months or so, and then it sort of goes off the boil. Yeah, um, breakout. He said Charlie Wellens, who is uh, the son yes. of Richie Wellens, who's another ex Manchester United. Uh, player um yeah i mean i haven't I haven't seen much of charlie to be honest with you uh, you know i know he's kind of featured a bit but i've not i've not focused on him too much so it's, again these aren't bad shouts you know we've got, we've got a lot of potential quality in in the under 21s as we said earlier it's just about them coming through so charlie wellens is not a not a bad one um <laughs> mark's put some other uh bits on there about comedy moments i mean there's been a lot of comedy moments really um but we <laughs> We won't go into those. We'll leave those for the for the chat, I think. Um, Sim, editor-in-chief, chief yep. of all editors, whatever you want to call them. Player of the year, he's put Andy Yeard on. I don't think I can go with that, personally. What do you think? Who, who have you got? What, was that on the player of 23? No, or the Sim's most put player of the year, Andy Yeard on. Oh, um, interesting. He might be trying to wind us up. That might, that's an interesting one, yeah, for sure. Andy Yeardom is the player of the year. I don't, I don't know. Is he being serious with that? I'm going to assume that that's, uh, I'm going to assume that that's a tongue-in-cheek one. Maybe I'm not. Sorry, Andy. That's awful, isn't it? No, I mean, Andy's still, um, Andy still has, uh, you know, some, some talent and, and he's, uh, you know, he's, a, he, I don't know, weird year for Yeardom. Less said the better. Yeah. 
Oh, well, uh, most improved player, he's, he's put Nelson Abbey, which we didn't know before we'd read it out, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's yeah. not a bad shout yeah. either. Nice. Um, underachiever award, he's put Dai Yong. Controversial. Yeah. Well, I'll reveal that's my one as well. So I'll, I'll hastily yeah. change that then. But Dai was definitely my one. Golden moment, winning 9-0 at Exeter. We've just kind of forgotten about that, haven't we, really? He's read my report here. I, well, actually, no, I had some other ones too, but I've got the 9-0 down as well. Great you could have had Fulham as well, because that was quite a result for that young team. And that was when you were like, hold on a second, we might have some players here. Fulham or you know, is in, it in Millwall? Yeah, Millwall, yeah. In the cup. Millwall, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? Um, worst moment relegation, um, pretty standard, really. Comedy moment, there was like a relegation conger at Huddersfield, <laughs> which yeah, uh, depending on where you fell on the on the on the you know on the line at that time, was either hilarious or disrespectful, embarrassing, and Tim Pot. Um, most missed, he's put Josh yeah. Loren. No, he hasn't put. Yeah, he has. Yeah, but he's also put championship status. Because he says there's no official rule; it has to be a person. That's true. Um, That's true. That is a good one, actually. Yeah, so I do. Yeah, I think it is a I think championship when you have to go looking at the league like one back, results, to be honest, yeah, rather than the, getting the championship, championship but ones for sure. I think it's um, yeah. I think that's not a bad shout, really. Um, and then breakout prediction, he's put John Clark, who, as we said, has missed a lot of this season for injury, but is is there's potential there to do very very well. Um, so yeah, there's there's some good ones really. Um, Ross, let's let's go to you. Okay. What have you what are you feeling about these? We've got player of the year, most improved, underachiever, worst moment, comedy moment, golden moment, most missed, breakout. Shoot. All right. Well, I've got player of the year, uh <laughs> I've gone for Aziz. Uh, um I just think that Aziz changes games. And um, I, I think that obviously Wing was very, very close for me as well, because, again, he changes games. Um, and Abby, after it was mentioned there, really gave me some last minute thoughts. But no, I'm going to go with Aziz. When Aziz dribbles diagonally towards the box, opposition defenses panic. Um, and, and we need a bit of that. So, um, yeah, no, I, I've got to go with Aziz. Under um, most improved, um, I've gone with Michael Craig. Um, I do like me a bit of Michael Craig. I don't know. I like I like players that help in the build up. I know that he's still got some learning to do, um, but I think that you know if we're talking a minute ago about how Josh Laurent is kind of like where you want players to go in that regard as a holding midfielder. Craig for me has been pretty good so far and 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 last night the game turned when the ball wasn't sailing over Craig's head over and over again it was actually uh being played mm-hmm. to him and then he could play it out to wing uh in, in dangerous places so uh, yeah I've gone with Craig uh with that difficult difficult with Craig like I, um, I, I underachiever I've gone for some... die go ahead go ahead yeah okay I was just gonna say about Craig like it. it's Someone someone tweeted and said, um, I said he was terrible, should be at the club. I never said that. I never said that. I just, I feel like there's more potential in other players um, mm-hmm. that aren't getting a look in than, than Michael Craig. And I think, I think we're going to get to a situation where he needs a break. Um, I agree. I, I feel like there's a lot of work that he needs to do still. And that's understandable when you are a young player. But I, again, <laughs> it goes back to the formation. If he was in a different formation, I think he'd be a better player. 
That's that's my personal opinion. I think at times he's guilty of ball watching. I think at times he's guilty of just um, not using the ball effectively, which I guess all of our players are. Um, but you know, my my kind of official line on that is that I want all of our players to succeed and do well. I just think that there is more potential in other players elsewhere in the squad. That's my personal opinion on Michael Craig. Anyway, yeah. Dai Yong, carry on. Oh yeah, Dai Yong's got to be the underachiever of the year. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any way. You can, uh, you know, I don't think there's any way you can look past him. Sim's already said it, so maybe I'll say Pang. Uh, but uh, no, it's it's Dai, isn't it? So It can't be um, Pang, mate, because you've got to have done something in the first place to be an underachiever. <laughs> yeah, so you can't, you can't have him. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, don't, I barely even know who he is, so that's fair. <laughs> um, worst moment, worst moment. I've gone for relegation, yes, um, obviously, and that was mentioned. But just another little aside, uh, the Don Ballard injury, I've kind of knocked down in in the worst moment. That was a horrible one. Um, Ballard was playing well for Reading. Uh, The numbers bore that out, as well as the actual performances. He was very direct. Uh, But, yeah, really horrible injury. And um, saw a lovely little video on the Southampton... um, uh, in social medias uh, earlier last week of you know Russell Martin giving him a big hug and when he sees Ballard coming around the corner he's on he's on a lot of crutches doesn't look like he can move particularly easily so we wish Ballard all the best um, for sure for sure yeah, it, I mean he had a lot of potential and you could be really mm-hmm. cool and say underachiever because of his injury but we won't do that but I was I was really excited for him to kick on with us and I think he provided a different outlet. You know, certainly when him and Smith were playing together, we looked a lot more potent up top. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But we, we wish him all the best and hope that he can get his career kind of back on track, really. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I for, for the comedy moment, I've done a last minute switch to that Mbengue goal last night because come on now that's gonna be replayed forever yeah it, it was uh, a shocker someone someone said that all they can hear is the benny hill music behind it yeah um, yeah which yeah, is, yeah yeah i just thought it was great like it, 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 it's just the more you watch it the worse it gets do you um, know um do you know Scatman john the the like yeah, the scat song yeah no okay well, yeah, yeah. It's obviously like a bit mental and, and all over the place. And I just like to imagine, I often say like, so I've got a really got a pair of bulldogs and when one of them is exceptionally stupid. Uh, and I always like to say that that's what's going on in his head uh, 100% of the time, basically. Uh, I just like to imagine that's what was going on in Mbengue's head at that point. No thoughts, just <laughs> smash it off Button's arse and into the back of the net. Um, so yeah, pretty funny. And now I can look back. Golden moment. Um, yes, the 9-0 against Exeter. Can't turn down a nine nil, can you? That's pretty awesome. Um, but I've gone for the the um, the march um, uh, before the Portsmouth game. Um, I thought it was a really lovely moment for showing that the Reading fans are coming together. And actually, in general, if we talk about a golden, the the best thing about this year um, has been seeing the fans. Uh, yes, yeah, still you know disagreeing about the ways in which to protest and things like that. But for the most part coming together on a common cause um, and really showing the country that we're not, you know, little old Reading or, or whatever and, and quiet bunch and all of these kinds of things. We're actually, you know, like a passionate fan base um, uh, full of people who really love this club. So that's mm-hmm. kind of been my uh, golden moment slash 
thing of the year, I would say. Stemming. I think, I think it's a good point. Like, you know, with, with that golden moment, like it's it's <clears throat> it's in the worst possible circumstances. But, you know, when we had Sarah on a couple of podcasts ago or a few podcasts ago now. Yeah. You know, she, she made the point really, really well. And I think I think what I've learned not just um since doing this podcast, but you know, doing kind of videos and opinions and stuff is that, that there's always gonna be someone who disagrees with you and that's absolutely fine. I, I feel like there is a bit more of a of a healthy debate going on with fans rather than a kind of you're an idiot and all this kind of stuff. Um mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think, you know, the the, the the March was 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 positive because as you say it, it did it did bring people together and I think ultimately that's what that's what football clubs should do. Um, you know, ultimately yeah. we want the best for the football club. We just sometimes can't work out, you know, the the way the best way forward to do it. But you know, I think people are realizing that, that this football club is is more than a football club to to them in the way that they treat it and the way that they are. And I think that comes with with kind of a bit more, hopefully, a bit more respect between fans and <clears throat> you know how how people feel about it. But yeah, I mean, that's not um, it's not a bad golden moment at all, really. Um, no, I've yeah. also gone for a mate in the most missed. I'm sorry, I like my uh, I like my fast and strong wingers and i enjoyed those videos back in the day where mate was sort of getting all the players in the dressing room to dance and stuff like that and he's also another one who through i've got a uh, you know i've got a mate shirt so i had to go with him really um so yeah i'm glad to see you scoring some goals in cardiff and then lastly on the breakout player i don't know if this counts as a breakout but i'm gonna say that it does i've gone for kanaya boyce clark um and I've gone for him because I don't think Button or Pereira are necessarily the long-term answer at Reading in terms of goalkeeping. And I think that Boyce Clark has had some decent performances, you know, in the trophy and, and things like that. So it, it would be nice to see a player, um, you know, come through and, and just solve that sort of issue for us. I don't think we've really been settled at goalkeeper for a little while now. Um, so. I'd like to see him now, but all of that said, he's only six foot tall, and I've just criticised Southwood obviously for <laughs> not being big enough. So I could be completely wrong about that. Um, I, but I feel like you're just... very sizeist. I think this is the problem. Actually. I am, yeah. Well, it's just funny because I'm five foot seven, so you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a small gentleman myself. But I don't know. <laughs> I think you need to be told to come and collect crosses uh, yeah. as a as a goalkeeper, especially in this league. So, yeah, I've gone for Boyce Clark, but I could be talking as per usual. I could be talking out of my arse with that one. <laughs> well, do you know, I, of all those, I I didn't do them because I just um, I just forgot. Basically, I was too busy kind yeah. of getting everything sorted for the pot. Um, but my my breakthrough has got to be Reading Football Club because nice. we we have to find a way collectively on and off the pitch to to break this um to break this cycle that we're in and obviously i know it starts from the very top in terms of who owns the club but there are so many things that that the club can do and can look to do moving forward and you know there's there's going to be sort of changes moving forward into into 2024 and you know the, the key thing is is kind of progressing and not kind of staying where we are because we we could sit here and go it can't get any worse it, it obviously can get worse because we could get relegated yeah. again, uh, which would, you know, if the season ended tomorrow, we would be. 
um, we could, you know, go into administration, all this kind of stuff. So for me, I want to stay positive. I want to say the breakthrough for, for 2024 has got to be the whole of Reading Football Club. Um, and you can, you know, listeners can kind of interpret that in, in the way that they, they want to. But, you know, it's, it's got to change. We can't keep going the way that we're going. Yeah. Um, because there won't be anyone left otherwise. So we just hope that that twenty twenty four is going to be uh, even even mildly better, even mildly better than than twenty twenty three. Um, and we can we can hope for a, a kind of a better future moving forward. Really, um, talking of futures and moving forward, we have got one game. Uh, we've got one game to kind of preview, which is Exeter at home on uh, New Year's Day. So we're going to do that right about now after this uh, very short break. There's another huge game ahead for the Royals. So be loud and be proud for the big match preview. Welcome back to the Tower Stand podcast. Now, of course, you may know that there are some storms and the like going on in the UK at the moment. Um, and we did record a preview uh, for the Exeter game with, with Ben involved here. But for some reason, well, it just hasn't picked up on him. Something to do with him being in, in the garage or the garage, as I'd say, as a semi-American, I'm sure. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and press on, give you a bit of an Exeter preview anyway, and, and then just a, a closing out part here. So... Let's talk about Exeter uh, first. Obviously, we're playing them on, I think it's Monday. We're in the sort of nether region, aren't we, between uh, Christmas and, and New Year's, where you don't know what day it is. But yeah, playing them on Monday and uh, looking forward to the game. It'll be the uh, the only time of the year where I can say I've been to as many Reading games as everybody else uh, in the year. Uh, so I'll be there. Um, so Exeter. They've been sliding really, really poorly down the table uh, since we since we played them and lost to them two one earlier in the season with a with a last minute winner for Exeter, a real stinker when we uh, when we really weren't proving to be resilient in games and we were shipping a lot of late goals. Um, situations changed. Um, if we did have our four points back we'd be above them but as it goes we're not we're three points behind them with a higher goal difference which means that if we win this game we're going to be out of the relegation zone for the first time in well, what feels like forever so it's a huge game um i imagine coldwell is on the hot seat um exeter scored just 14 goals um so far this season in in 23 games which i mean exeter fans i am i am sorry that sounds like not a whole lot of fun um especially when you consider that obviously two of those are scored against reading so that's 12 goals uh in 22 games that you've had to enjoy and the 9-0 thrashing of course uh in the EFL trophy now reading um we're unbeaten in in five now and this really feels like a game that you know if we can get this win um and i think that we can i doubt that it's going to be a, a, a very changed lineup if we can get this win um then i i think that this is going to put us in, in great standing for hopefully a positive 2024 like we talked about earlier 2023 in terms of earning points is a real a real naff one um for reading and i i don't think that we're gonna you know repeat that but uh starting off with a with a win would really be the way to go if I was going to make any changes, I would probably withdraw Makairu, um and, and perhaps put Elliot in his place, maybe even Vickers. Um, but I think that Elliot possibly deserves uh, a go in the team. I thought that 
when he came on um, against Cheltenham yesterday, he did look better than Makairo had in that position, despite Makairo's scoring, of course. Um, so, yeah, I think if there's one change I'd like to see, it's that. But I, I don't think that that's going to happen, personally. Um, Makairo, while it could be frustrating in that he doesn't release the ball nearly early enough, um, you know, he does contribute higher up the field defensively. Um, so, yeah, it's probably going to be him again um, for for this particular game. So, with that in mind, um, I still think we've got enough to beat Exeter there. If we ship two goals to them, I mean, that's really a, an issue. Obviously, we, we shouldn't be shipping two goals again to a, to a team that isn't scoring, really. And we have been a little bit better at home. So, I would hope that this is a game that Reading can win. Um, and, and and like I say, we'll be out of the relegation zone then. Uh, ben did mention that that would make my prediction come true of getting to the end of this block of games and uh, being out of the relegation zone finally. Um, and, we'll, and we'll hope that it happens down at the, the select car leasing stadium uh, on the, on the first of the year. So, so really looking forward to that. Um, so, with that in mind, we'll bring the final podcast of 2023 to an end. Um, ben and I do just want to say, you know, a massive, a massive thank you to to everybody um, that's listened uh, in, in 2023 to not just us, but to obviously Mark, um, who who handed the podcast off to us this year. He did a fantastic job for for years and years, of course, and and we really appreciated Mark. He was actually, you know, one of the voices that that brought me into the whole uh, Tylerhurst and fan community and and all of that great stuff. So. Myself, um, you know, as a as an expat, um, I just love producing content for you guys, and uh, it really helps me to to maintain a sense of Britishness and Englishness. Uh, you know, while I am surrounded by Americans and and all kinds of great people um, back home. So, um, yeah, just a massive thank you to everyone who's you know watched any of our videos, read any of our um, columns, um, interacted with the podcast, and and just thank you for accepting us after we took over this podcast really now there's lots of great content uh on the tilehurst end there is going to be a little break in games after the exeter game it'll be a little while until we play again against the brighton under 21s in the efl trophy um so in the meantime there is loads of fantastic content coming out for you um it might be another week or so until we get another podcast out um but in the meantime we'll have a video out uh, hopefully on the exeter game um there's also some fantastic articles that sim has done on the 2023 um year i suppose and um the things that have happened he's, he's broken that down into four pieces so um really check that out it's, it's really great bobbins has done some stuff for us as well and and ben's article um you know i give him a hard time but his dolan his dolan and articles are great you know they really tap into the I think the experience of being a, a football fan um, and Ben's got a really good sense of that. I think much better than I do from, you know, being across the ocean and only really getting to watch on, um, on Reading TV. So um, 
thanks again to to everyone who's listened this year. And and by the way, if you do want to get you know involved, um, we're always looking for for more people. Please do reach out. You know, like uh, if you've ever thought about writing something about the club, um, whether that be to on the the fan experience, the tactics, the um, what they serve at the concourse, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, it's all part of the experience. It's all part of the community. So please do get involved. You know, it's a tilehurstend at gmail.com if you want to, if you want to, um, you know, submit an idea and, and maybe do something. And, and we're always looking for help. Now, thank you as well to everybody who's contributed to the mailbag or anything like that this year. Um, we love reading out your questions, as I think you guys can tell. Um, we, we really love interacting with you guys. So thank you again for, for a really fantastic 2023 with you guys, even though on the pitch, obviously, it's been a bit naff. Um, but yeah. That's all I've got. Um, so, so thank you for uh, sticking with me through this little Benless uh, preview here and and summary of 2023. Um, it's been fantastic. Again, like I say, we're hoping for for bigger and better things for the club in 2024. Um, and I believe, guys, I believe that's coming. So keep the faith. Um, up the Royals. Let's go. All right. So everybody have a fantastic new year. Um, and, and I wish you all of the best in 2024. And of course, I wish the Royals all the best in 2024. And this has been the Towerhurst End podcast. Hope you're having a good time wherever you are. Come on, you Royals. <laughs>